remind myself before getting on here today to not take it so seriously because I've totally noticed how once I start a project a creative project of any kind and I wholeheartedly commit to it I start to overanalyze myself I start to second guess myself And that immediately shuts down all of my joy, all of my humor, all of my creative juices. And then I'm just like a fucking stick in the mud. So I had to jolt myself back into my joy (laughs) before recording today and remind myself, just have fun, Amy just have fun. This is what this is for. Just be yourself and have fun. So here I am. Episode two. I'm so excited to talk about my thoughts today. (laughs) Mainly because I can't stop laughing about them every time I think about them. So where I kind of want to begin is on my morning walk this morning with Dewey, I I have like, first of all, I live in an apartment complex um, and it's dog friendly. So, you know, every other person here has a dog. And when you're a dog owner, shout out to all you dog owners. By the way, why do we say it that way? Why do we always say shout out to? Like if I just say dog owner, everybody who owns a dog is going to resonate with that sentence. Why Why do we say shout out? Like we're like, we have to tell you that we're shouting you out. It would kind of be like shout out to the bathroom. I just took a shit. You know what I mean? Like we don't walk around saying shit like that. So why do we always do shout out to Carol at H&R Block? Shout- I mean, I do it. Listen, I do it. I do it all the time, but it's weird. So anyway, shout out to all the dog owners. (laughs) I'm sure you're going to resonate with this. Um, I name every dog owner and and not by their actual name because I really don't pay attention when I meet people. I know that's not good, but I really don't pay attention to their names when they introduce themselves and sometimes they don't even they just come up and start talking to me and they don't introduce themselves so I know the dog's name but I don't know their name it's very it's a very weird when you actually analyze it it's a very weird interaction like we're talking through the dog to each other you know what I'm talking about you know like someone will walk up to me and they're like oh my god he's so and I'm like he is you're so cute Dewey tell him how cute you are and it's like I could just look at them and talk (laughs) but instead I have to talk for Dewey about Dewey to that it's very backwards could you imagine if we did that with like I think we do do that with kids but could you imagine if we did that with like other adults we do actually we do do that with other adults believe it or not 
like when you're arguing with somebody you're never arguing about what you're actually arguing about do you know what I mean there's underlying issues that you're actually arguing about you're, it's never about the dirty dishes or the phone call that didn't come through or what have you it's always about um you know, somebody didn't feel heard or somebody didn't feel respected or whatever it may be. So, you know, it's weird. Anyway, back to my story. We uh, we were walking this morning and there's this girl who, at first glance, when I first interacted with her, she seemed like a lovely dog owner. And I think her dog is like, a mixture of a pit bull and something else. I don't remember. Another little tidbit. I don't listen when you tell me. Even when I ask, what kind of dog do you have? I don't listen. I Again, I know it's bad, but when you're somebody like me who is really good at listening and it's part of her job, <laughs> I kind of shut off like the other parts of my life where it might be like, nice of me to listen to people I have a hard time doing it probably because I consume my life with doing it for for clients and strangers and and whatever so she seemed lovely she seemed like a really committed dog owner until recently until recently guys because as of recently I have paid attention to her now mind you when we first met um she tried to let her dog, and her dog is a female, and, and Dewey, my Pomeranian, Dewey's a purebred Pomeranian, is a male. And and I know Dewey is so pretty. Everybody thinks he's a girl, and that's one thing that really gets me jacked up is when they're like, she, she's so cute. And I'll go, he, 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 and they don't listen to me either. And I know, touche, Amy, because you don't fucking listen to them. But hers is a female, Dewey doesn't really mix well with females. Um, Dewey doesn't really mix well with anybody other than me. <laughs> oh, wow. That was a good laugh. <laughs> um, he's, he's a good-natured, he's got good demeanor. At least that's what his vet says. Shout out to my vet. <laughs> He is very kind, but you know, he's older. We don't we're we're a little Mariah esque around here. Mariah Mariah Carey does not go by age. She celebrates her birthdays as anniversaries. We don't go by age when it comes to the dog in the family. We do not mention age. So he is older and um as you know. There's a, they don't mix well with younger dogs. Younger dogs want to play and swat you in the face like a jackass. And Dewey has no time for it. Dewey's like, get the fuck out of my face. What are you doing? I don't want to play with you. I want to sniff your asshole. And then I want to be left alone. I want to go lay in my faux fur blanket next to my mother and watch TV. You know, real housewives. So... She tried to introduce her dog to Dewey, and I, I, I'm polite to an extent when this happens because I don't want to get known as the person who 
just like ignores people and drags her dog away. So I, I, I humor them and I try to be friendly, but I emphasize that he is older and he's very skittish um, and shy and he probably is not going to want to come near you or interact with you. And, and those are all facts. So um, her puppy wanted to play and Dewey was not having it. So since then, um, and I don't know how she's training her dog, but that doesn't matter. That's not even part of this story. But since then, when we are about to approach each other on the sidewalk, um, her dog just like drops to the ground and lays there. And I don't know if that's like how she trained the dog, you know, like when you see another dog coming, I just want you to like lay down and and be still because you're wild. I don't know if that's the case, but this dog just kind of drops and goes like catatonic for a second, which is like a little like (laughs) weird. And so I try to be really respectful of other dog owners around here, especially because I know how Dewey is and he will bark incessantly when he, and he's got amazing vision and hearing, he will see you from a mile away and he will incessantly bark at you until you're out of sight and earshot. So I try to avoid that from happening, especially at certain hours. Like if I'm up at like 6, 7 a.m., I'm dodging you on the sidewalk. I am I am crossing the parking lot. I am pausing to let you pass. I'm very much a respectful dog owner. So when I see her coming now, because I know her dog goes catatonic, I just go in the opposite direction out of respect. But I've paid attention as she... Because her dog obviously catches eyes with my dog, even from a distance. And I have paid attention the last few times to notice that she is... Wait, before I tell you this, let me preface with, I am very much aware that when you have a dog and certain breeds of dogs and bigger dogs, you have to be firm and you have to be the alpha because they need to know that you're you know, in charge um, and, and listen to you because otherwise they're controlling you and that's not safe. I am well aware of that, but I'm also well aware that you, there are, there are ways to treat an animal and there are ways not to treat an animal. Just like I teach people, there are ways to treat humans and there are ways not to treat humans. There are ways to raise children. There are ways not to raise children that are not healthy for the child. So I've noticed that she starts kind of shouting obscenities at her dog now and like yanking and I don't know what's going on with her psyche but I've noticed it usually she's like very smiley like she will stop and talk to everybody with a smile plastered from ear to ear and then the minute she walks away I see her like yanking this leash and like shouting these things at her dog And I notice this a lot. Like, I don't just notice this with dog owners. I notice this with parents and children. I notice this with couples, married couples, people who are dating. And here's, here's, here's my thoughts on this. Okay. I mean, I want to say here's my facts on this, but like read between the lines. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) If you're in a bad mood and you don't know how to control your bad mood, You're going to take that bad mood out on everything and everybody. For instance, when I am cranky 
when I'm irritated in my thoughts, I know exactly how my behavior is going to go that day, right? I know what's going to happen. I know how I'm going to treat my dog. I know how I'm going to talk to people. I get very short. I get irritated really quickly. I don't want to be in public. It's, it's there are weird things that take place when I am angry and irritated. Um, there are weird things that take place for me in my behavior when I don't feel my most confident self, you know? Like, there are times where Dewey unexpectedly is like, hey, mom, get the fuck up. I got to go to the bathroom. And I'm thinking, that's weird. That's like not on our schedule, right? And I am not in the clothes that would perhaps make me feel comfortable or my hair is a mess or whatever. And I don't live at a private home. So I walk outside and there's a parking lot there and there's a thousand strangers. And not that they're all paying attention to me, but you know, in your mind, you think when you look shitty, everybody's paying attention to you, right? So when I am not feeling my best, it's very easy if I'm not aware to take it out on, say, Dewey or somebody else, right? And so I was thinking about this today, this morning, when I watched the abusive mother be abusive to her dog. That's what we call her now, by the way. Like, I was walking Dewey, and I kept saying, hold on, Dewey, we can't go past the abusive mommy. <laughs> walked in the opposite direction and there was a woman who was checking her mail oh my god <laughs> the woman who was checking her mail and I walked past her and I smiled and I hadn't said it yet right but I had to pause because I realized that abusive mommy was walking her dog in the same direction as me and I paused and I had to turn around and follow the lady from the mailbox and I was talking out loud I told you I talk to myself all the time <laughs> This time I was talking to Dewey, though, and I'm like, abusive mommy is coming in our direction, and all I could think was, like, I don't even give a fuck if this woman heard me or what she thinks, because I will point out very quickly people's abusive behavior if I spot it. I will. I have no qualms about it at all. At all. Um... Just like I had no problem yesterday in the grocery store. Again, yes, I went to the grocery store on the Thursday afternoon. And I just want to um, specify after I said in, in episode one that people there on a Friday, the average age is like 65 or whatever. Thursday was a little different. I went Thursday at um, 1.30 in the afternoon and there were definitely more people there my age. So it's definitely a Friday thing for senior citizens, okay? Um, but I did it yesterday, and they're, like I have no problem. Um, I, won't, I don't want to say injecting myself into situations, um, but like pointing things out or chiming in if necessary. I, I'm not shy about that. Like somebody was shouting a name. Um, and I didn't know what was going on because I was just trying to get my nasocort because I can't breathe out of my nose. And I was, <laughs> I was walking back to checkout and I hear this woman screaming a name and I see this kid grabbing boxes of donuts as I'm walking by like off one of the ends of the aisle. And I just turned around and I was like, he's right here. <laughs> I 
glad I could help you finding your, find your missing son. Um, clearly he was hungry for some chocolate donuts. Uh, where was I going with this? Behavior. We take our negative feelings towards ourself out on other people. Like, it's not the dog that this girl is being mean to. It's whatever's going on upstairs for her, you know? But we indirectly get annoyed and irritated at the littlest thing, you know? Like, I know very well what will happen with myself when I'm in that place mentally. And I am just very disciplined now in taking care of it so I don't take it out on Dewey or anybody that I'm interacting with. I make it a priority to handle my business in my mind. And, and the only way you can do that is when you're aware of it. The only way you can make sure that you don't project or deflect or any of those things is when you become aware of it, you have a choice in that moment. I'm either going to repeat it or I'm going to do something about it. And that's it. Like some people just continue to do it and think it's okay. Or some people just do it and then they turn around after they do it and they slam and I'm, uh, I'm sorry on it and they think it's no big deal. And then they do it again. And it's like, your sorry is no good here. Your sorry is not an I'm sorry if you repeat the same behavior. That's not an I'm sorry. And an I'm sorry is I own the fact that I did something that I'm not necessarily proud of. I understand why I did it. And I'm taking the necessary steps to change it. That's an I'm sorry. I've listened to I'm sorry's that don't mean jack shit. For a long time they're used as like they were used kind of like I love yous they were they were misused they were used as as punctuation marks at the end of a sentence you know like saying things like um you fucking piece of shit and then turning around five seconds later and going you know I love you that's abuse that's abuse people do it to their animals by the way you're probably hearing Dewey drink his water right now I'm assuming you can probably hear it with this microphone, which just like disclaimer, I, I'm going to invest in a proper microphone to do this. But for now, you've got me on my headphones with a cord because I ain't doing those earbuds or AirPod, whatever they're called. I don't know. You know, I'm not on the up and up when it comes to I still have regular cable, guys. I don't do Netflix. People make fun of me. I have a limited cable package. It's called a reality TV package. Maybe they just told me it's called a reality TV package. But that's, that is what I pay for every month. I have limited channels and they're all categorized as reality TV channels. It's perfect for me. It's ideal. I don't watch a lot of TV. I have specific shows I watch like 90 Day Fiance, 
um, or the Real Housewives, you know, anything on Bravo is my go-to, anything on E! is my go-to, you know, there's the occasional basic channels that I'll tune to to watch things like The Masked Singer, which is okay, but I can't really get into it too much, I don't know, I think it's Robin Thicke being a judge, I, I'm not into it, um, and The Voice, I can watch when I'm bored, because I like listening to people really good at singing but it's not something I can follow wholeheartedly but 90 day fiance if you watch 90 day fiance lord that first of all if you get into it or if you're going to get into it because I'm talking about it I would strongly encourage you to get into it it's on TLC I'm sure you can watch it on your little streaming services that I don't have access to because I don't use them. Um, I know it's on demand because I have that feature on my TV. There are so many versions of it. It's a dark, dark, dark hole that you fall into when you get into this show. But it's a good, entertaining dark hole. And like the last, the last episode I watched the other day... I was just, like, I, I, I don't have the word, <laughs> I don't have the word. First of all, this entire show will give you such clarity and insight into unhealthy relationship dynamics, it's mind-boggling. It won't do that if you're not aware of unhealthy relationship dynamics. Like, first of all, anybody, and I'm going to make a very general, um, broad I don't know if those two words mean the same thing but just roll with me here statement right now and um don't come at me <laughs> for it I stand by it however um it is it, it it would need more context that I'm not going to provide you I'm just going to say it I'm going to be bold I'm going to be brave I'm going to whip out my balls for a second and I'm going to say it and I'm going to commit to it okay it it reminds me of people this show 90 day fiance reminds me of people who are like I need to find somebody it like to date to be with, to have a relationship. I need to find somebody. I have to put myself out there. I have to get on a dating app. I have to do it. I need to do it. You hear those words? I have to. I need to. I should. I'll never find anybody. People with that mindset are insecure. Now, hear me out. People with that mindset are insecure. Now, I changed a little of what I was going to say. What I was going to say was anybody on a dating app. <laughs> but that's really context driven. Okay. So I'm not, I'm not going to say it that way because I'm not irresponsible with my words. I'm very intentional with my words. I, even though I don't script this, even though there, there's no notebook next to me with bullet points um, telling me what topics to cover, I am just staring at my ceiling. And this is one whole stream of consciousness that's it like this is just my thought process here um, I don't edit these down I will just re-record the whole thing if there's a weird noise <laughs> or something <laughs> that's it um, or I just say fuck it and I'll put it out there because we're just having fun Amy we're just having fun so 
I was going to say anybody who uses a dating app, I'm not going to say it that way. I'm going to say anybody with the mindset that they need to find somebody. So now, most people on the show, 90 Day Fiance, are insecure. They're insecure because maybe they're a little bit older and they feel like they're lonely or they're going to be alone the rest of their lives and they get desperate. Desperation comes from neediness. Neediness comes from insecurity. You feel needy when you feel a void within you. Take notes. This is important stuff, guys. So when we feel a void within ourselves, we feel something is lacking, we then need something, right? But that's not confidence because confidence, there is no void. We don't feel a void when we're confident. We feel rather whole. We feel fulfilled. But these people in 90 Day Fiance are not coming into dating somebody in another country. I ain't knocking dating anybody in another country. I had a German boyfriend when I was in high school. When I did a German exchange program, I did. Shout out to him. I'm not using his name because he might actually be like, listening to this right now (laughs) um but when you (laughs) oh man oh okay anyway this is really unfiltered I I will listen to this back maybe once twice three times a lady and then I will just say fuck it and post it and hope for the best I ain't got nothing to lose. So when you feel a void and you're needy, which is where most of these people are at, they then grasp at straws, right? You start reaching outside of yourself and you're like, I need a partner. I need love. I need attention. I need a man. I need a woman, whatever it may be, right? Whatever your preference is. I I like men strictly dickly over here so um my example might just be me referencing men but clearly switch out the words I hate when people message me or comment on shit and they're like when I say he or something I've gotten in the habit of doing he she it or they them out of respect um but and to avoid getting these comments but like isn't it common sense just flip it out like uh, listen i i can't speak to everybody sometimes i'm speaking to what's in my mind pull out the words that don't make sense and replace them with ones that do for yourself like that's kind of like when people ask you questions and you think to yourself you want to say google it but it's such an asshole remark to say google it <laughs> But most of us are thinking, just Google it. Listen, I, nobody taught me business, guys. The only way I started, I, I, if you don't know this about me, I had a clothing business, a t-shirt line, screen printed t-shirts. I started, um, what year did I start that? 2009-ish. I started that, ran that for about six years. I think it was 2009. I don't know. Don't do the math. I don't math, so I'm just guesstimating here. That was probably around the year that I started that. And I, nobody, like, first of all, nobody in my family is in fashion or owns a clothing business. Nobody taught me the ins and outs of that. I Googled, how do you make a screen printed t-shirt? And then I went from there. Oh, I need a screen printer. Okay. How do I find a screen printer? Like, 
I everything I've accomplished how do you write a book how do you self-publish a book like I know that y'all find it so easy to just like come to somebody who already did it and say hey give me that info for free but I didn't have anybody to go to I got that info from Google because it's free I winked at you in case you couldn't see me which you can't which by the way like some people are like why are you doing a podcast you could do YouTube because I'm lazy guys because <laughs> I'm sitting here in my in my college sweatshirt with joggers on and um staring at my wall like I don't want to have to invest in proper lighting and do a whole full face to makeup full face to makeup when I'm not leaving my apartment today and I don't have a need to do that also because I have a crooked face okay and we'll discuss that in a minute <laughs> it's only because I was botched um and I am getting that fixed again I will get into that let me go back for a second <laughs> connect these dots for you before I talk about my crooked face so when these people on 90 day fiance are feeling needy they reach outside of themselves and they start looking to fill that void and when they fill that void they fill it with anything that's sufficient enough to fill it it's kind of like think about it like this when you're really hungry when you are past the point of hunger meaning like I have a feeding schedule okay for myself yeah I'm like a toddler okay I, f I feed myself about every 90 minutes and whether it's a snack or a meal I don't I don't keep track I just well I do keep track but I but I eat I eat and I keep myself nourished when I don't when I miss one okay when I miss one when I'm glued to the computer I'm really into doing something and I and I lost track of time you, it happens it happens to all of us you get past that point of hunger and now you just start to feel weak right you feel weak you feel dizzy you start to feel really shaky and like whiffy that's my mom's word whiffy I don't know if it's a medical term but I like it whiffy <laughs> shout out to Cheryl whiffy when you start to feel whiffy okay and then you stand up and you're like, oh, shit, man, I'm going to die. <laughs> I'm going to die. I need to eat something. And then you think if you're like me and you like to cook a lot because every I like to cook almost everything. Um, and I'm thinking, I know too much to like just grab a bag of chips. But at that point, you're desperate, right? You have you have gone past the point of. I can take my time to cook a meal and now you are just desperate to get something in your body before you collapse. And so you reach for the easiest thing to put in your mouth. Yes, it's the same way with dating, guys. You reach for the easiest thing, the most comforting thing to put in your mouth. It doesn't mean it's good for you. The chocolate mini Entenmann donuts on my counter that I splurged on that I'm actually really proud of because I haven't eaten the whole box yet and I'm totally capable of it. Um, they're not good for me, but I'm like, hmm, I just had a craving and they were easy and that kid was grabbing boxes of donuts at the grocery store and I was like, fuck it, kid, I'm with you. <laughs> grab my own too like hey you're running away from your mom to to the donuts I am here for it and I will join you okay 
That's what we do with partners. That's why so many people have relationship problems is because it doesn't mean the person's not nice. It doesn't mean that person's not a good person. But does that person have the qualities and the, and the morals and the values and the behaviors and the communication that you deserve, that you want? Most people, it's a no. They're like, but I love him. I know I've been there. I, I know, I've totally been there, but I love him. But is his behavior aligned with what you are wanting the rest of your life? Were you willing to settle for arguments and paranoia and anxiety? That's not blaming the other person. That's saying if that person's behavior is not respectful and in alignment with what you want, what you feel you're worth, what you deserve, and the boundaries that you have set, for yourself and what you give to them, why would you settle for it? And so this entire show, guys, 90 Day Fiance, that's the whole concept. Well, in my world, that's clearly not TLC's angle of the show. It's entertainment. But like when I watch it, that's all I'm watching. I go, oh, I see what's operating in you. Oh, you have childhood trauma here. Hmm? And you have daddy issues. Oh, and you have mommy issues. Oh, this is fascinating. And it's a shit show. But it's a fascinating shit show because you learn from watching these people. Like, I, I got made fun of growing up all the time. My dad was always like, you don't watch anything interesting. You should watch the news. And I'm like, the news is not interesting. But my reality TV is because... Whether and some of these reality shows, I know I used to work in entertainment, okay, so I can attest to this. Some of them are, I'm not going to say scripted because it's not scripted, but is it set up? Meaning, like Jersey Shore, for instance, I was at a bar in Seaside, New Jersey, with my sister, my brother, and they were filming Jersey Shore um, way back, way, way, way back. It was when Dina first joined the show. And when you walked into the bar, there was a big-ass sign that said, if you enter the building, you may be, like, on camera or whatever, right? So you're basically agreeing by entering that you're, that you're willing to be on camera. And needless to say, what they what they were doing was they were setting up the scenes. They weren't telling them how to talk or what to do so much as they were saying like, hey, Vinny and Polly, we're pulling you, this was literally the case, we're pulling you over here by the bar and um, we're going to bring, we're going to handpick two girls and we're going to bring them over and then, you know, try to dance with them or whatever. And that's it. They set it up. And then whatever unfolds, unfolds. For instance, my parents were on vacation recently in Rhode Island and they they caught wind um, while they were waiting for their sailboat. Yes, their sailboat in the fall. Um, uh, at a, at a, they were right next to a restaurant or something like that. And they saw filming of The Real Housewives of New York. And um, my mom was snapping Candid's paparazzi. I couldn't have been more proud. This woman texted me and she even knew the names and I was shocked because my dad is the one who watches The Real Housewives, not my mother. <laughs> Needless to say, again, they were like, they, I, I mean, I, they weren't really, they were like next to the restaurant, but close enough to like hear and kind of see what was going on. 
And they were like, oh, yeah, there was like a there was a camera crew and there was this and there was a big blow up fight. And like some of the housewives were like getting up and storming off to other tables. And and then they all left together and they were fine. And I was like, yeah, because you see, it's like all set up. It's just set up. So, you know, I don't know how much of 90 Day Fiance is set up per se, Um Clearly, anybody who says I'm willing to go on TV and display my healthy or unhealthy relationship is there with um, a mindset of I want recognition, attention, and fame, right? Um, I'll get into that another day. But this show is just so fascinating to observe whether you believe some of these storylines are real or not, it doesn't really make a difference. Because if you just watch people's behavior, even if their behavior is set up, even if their behavior is semi-scripted, anybody who's willing to do that is not necessarily feeling the best about themselves mentally or emotionally to adhere to something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I'm in a place in my life now where, like, I will not even engage in a screaming, yelling type of argument. I've encountered enough of them in my entire life that that if somebody's voice goes up two octaves, I literally go, if you don't stop sounding like a howler monkey, I will leave. I cannot have a conversation with somebody when it escalates like that these days. I won't subject myself to it. But that has to do with where I'm at and what I've processed, right? Like I have boundaries with myself that say I'm not engaging in it. Sometimes if somebody just starts doing that, I will go silent. I will just sit there very calmly and let them scream and yell and scream and yell and scream and yell and scream and yell. And then I will look at them very calmly and say, very calmly, when you're ready to speak, I am open to having a conversation. I'm open to it. I'm open. Like, I'm not not wanting to talk to you. I just won't engage in things that don't align with me. You know, if somebody is not treating me the way that I have asked or set boundaries up or that I've treated them, right? Um, whatever the boundary may be, I will say I'm open and happy to talk to you. It doesn't mean that I don't care about you. It doesn't mean that I don't love you. I am open and available for that, but nothing less, nothing less. So if you come at me sideways, if you approach me about topics that I said I'm not open to um, engaging in, or you know, behaviors that I'm not willing to engage, obviously all context related, but you get the gist. I, it, it, that's my boundary. I hate, and I, I mentioned this the other day, I hate when I see people, especially in a position like mine, I, and I'm not, again, I'm not a licensed therapist. I am not a psychiatrist. I am not a psychologist. I am not a psychotherapist. But I am a certified holistic life coach. I am certified as a Reiki master practitioner. I have my own holistic certifications as such. And I am very knowledgeable and experienced in what I do. 
And just because people have titles or schooling or, um, you know, labels as like MD, DO, whatever it is, right, um, doesn't mean they know it all. It really doesn't, guys. It really doesn't. But isn't it so fascinating how as humans we gauge things that way? Kind of like we gauge, like I was talking about earlier on my Instagram stories, we gauge likes on on social media as like that's our that's our level of importance and then you know when we're watching other people and we see how many follows and likes they have we our mind immediately kind of well for most people your mind connects it to oh they must make a lot of money because they've got a blue check mark next to their name or they've got billions or millions of likes that's not those are the wrong metrics it's also the wrong metric to say that every md is good it's, it's not a good metric to look at every licensed therapist and think they know everything about childhood trauma. So that's why you kind of have to educate yourselves on, on behavior in general or whatever the topic might be, whether it, maybe it's just your body, right? Like you have to advocate for yourself to a certain degree and anybody who's, who knows what they're doing and is responsible with their power and not abusing that power and not abusing their position will wholeheartedly always give you the power to make the decision for yourself, the power and the authority. So so speaking of my crooked face, that's what my doctor, my ENT doctor who, if if you're familiar with me and have followed me for the last few years, you have heard bits and pieces about how I, you know, I saw half of my face was like swelling. It was like puffy and the other half wasn't. And I didn't know what it was from. And so, you know, I went to one ENT doctor and they were like, nothing's wrong with you. You're a pretty girl. And I'm like, thank you for the sexual harassment. Have a nice day. <laughs> Doctors say that to you sometimes. It's fucked up, but it's true. And and so I ended up, short version of this, I ended up seeing, um, I believe, the count of actual doctors that I saw. This is not an exaggeration. I believe the exact number of doctors until I found um, one that gave me um, some some clarity was I saw... 13 doctors. Number 14 was not a doctor. It was my massage therapist who you will often hear me reference as my therapist because that's how I feel she acts as in my life. Um, gave, she gave me further clarity. Um, and then I ended up to, so she was number 14. And then I went to my final one, number 15, who is my now my ENT, who solved the case. I was, I was told, I had a whole, guys, I had a whole other surgery. Do you understand? I had a whole other surgery on my face for a gland in my face that at the top hospital in Philadelphia, Google it, um, the, the, the specialist of the specialists, that is his, that is his title, so it's not his formal title. That's that's how, in layman's terms, we would define him. The specialist of the specialist is who you go to when the specialists don't know what it is. 
he takes on those special cases. That was me. I'm always the one percenter. So I ended up in his hands and he didn't know the problem, but he thought he did. And so I had a whole other surgery on my face and um, that didn't solve the problem. So when I landed at doctor, what did I say he was? 15, 14, whatever. Rewind. I'm sure you know the number by now. Um, my now ENT, he, the first thing he said to me when I walked in his office was, what do you do for fun? And I burst into tears. Because when you have seen that many doctors for a problem and nobody has even taken into account, which is what I do with my clients holistically, means we factor in all, all facets of your life, right? When nobody has asked you about you, when nobody has taken into account how you're doing, well, when somebody finally does, the amount of relief that comes out through tears is insane. I just bawled my eyes out in his office the first day I went there. And ever since then, like, he not only found the problem, and the problem was very simple. In 2008, I had a septorhinoplasty on my nose, which basically means I had a fancy nose job because I had a deviated septum and a bump on my nose because I had broken it playing rugby with the boys in elementary school. And uh, I'm not going to use his last name, but there was a really tall kid in my grade named Sean. And I was playing with the boys and I ran. I said, pass it to me. And I was looking back, right? Like, like a rugby player would to like reach for the ball and when I turned after I caught it I smashed right into his back mind you he was like 6'2 and that was like 7th or 8th grade (laughs) so so I was bloody it was a windy day I remember it like it was yesterday and blood was flying all over all over the playground and I had nobody actually said I broke my nose but fractured broken what's the fucking difference it was crooked and so I had a septorhinoplasty to fix it. it was my graduation gift I know that sounds bougie as hell but that's the case that's Amy and um that doctor botched me man we didn't know he botched me he overfiled one side of the the bump and when that happens, the nasal cavities, which are basically when you breathe in, your nostrils should not collapse. They should open. Mine claps because air does not go through my nose. So I don't breathe. And that's why one is more collapsed than the other. And that is why one half of my face is crooked. And that is why I don't like to go on camera or YouTube as much because when it's like a rainy day or the, the barometric pressure, was it drops or some shit like that? I don't know. I don't know. I sound like I know, but I don't know. (laughs) One half of my face gets very, very puffy and congested because there's no air going in and out. So everything's just kind of sitting in place. So we will be fixing that problem in December. But that's why I I prefer... um, I don't have a radio face, as they say. I am beautiful. But um, I definitely, based on the reviews of episode one, some of you think I should be like a sex phone operator with this voice. So, you know, I'll take it. I will take it. And there we have it. 
that's um episode two we went went a little longer than I had expected but we were jamming and and flowing and connecting and I'll see you next week or next time or whenever the fuck I feel like it okay <laughs>